Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Benoff. Joining me tonight, as always, of Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto. Guys, I have one burning question for you this week. Who is out of the Open Cup? I'm waiting, Earl. You had it all teed up there. I did. I did. <laughs> Give me. What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> that might be the most relevant one you've ever brought to the show. I, kudos to you. That was nice. Oh man, I wasn't expecting that. I feel like I kind of feel like early would have played that no matter who, what question I asked. Oh yeah, he had it yes. up from the <laughs> yeah. That was that was ready to go since this morning. I I had that one ready to go, locked in since this morning. Okay. Uh, yeah, I you know I, I oh man, just like you know, I, I just I feel like it was funny after watching the Open Cup last weekend. Uh, Sombrero Man obviously was uh taking some shots at some folks over the weekend. And uh, it w- it's quite funny to see uh, the reactions to those across social media. So, um, did you guys watch Open Cup at all last weekend? I know. Well, Earl, you were out of town. Jacob, I know you were watching some of it. Uh, yeah, did you guys I watched. Watch any? <clears throat> I watched quite a bit of it. Um, the the El Paso match was fun, as always. Um, Go fuego! Yeah, and then uh, Phoenix, man, Phoenix came this close to to not being our host. Um the Carro Springs match was kind of weird. Uh you watched that one. I mean Hailstorm was down to 10 men for a lot of that game and and somehow Colorado who in the league is still just killing everybody. They just couldn't could have couldn't find the back of the net for some reason. So but it's it's nice. I'm excited for a week and a day from now. Yeah, I felt like watching that Colorado Springs match that even though they had the, I mean, they clearly had the better team on paper. They clearly had the better team <clears throat> physically, but they just couldn't buy a goal. And, you know, mm. the uh, Northern Colorado Hailstorm, obviously we saw them in person and mm. they played really well for, for a half against us down here at Mesa del Sol. And I was over in the in the Slack chat for a group of folks who write for thecup.us and was talking to them. I said, guys, you know, watch Northern Colorado. Like they're they're gonna, I think they're gonna be a pretty good side this year. Um, and sure enough, they came out and you know they they delivered against uh, the switchbacks. So congratulations, congratulations to them. Um and it was just there were so many games going on. Earl, did you watch any of them at all? No, I'm be honest. Okay, I was I was inundated with stunners. He took three stunners <laughs> in a row. Um, I was inundated with four days of nonstop wrestling. Um, capped off so, by taking three stunners. I heard. Yeah, did it? Was it like Oprah? Was it like Oprah? Did everybody get a stunner? Was it like you get a stunner and you get a stunner and you get two stunners? And Vince McMahon got like. A quarter of a stunner. <laughs> so, um, in regards to your question, 
um, comical when you hear it from the outside looking in, but uh, we're very likely dealing with a mental illness here. And, uh, the behavior is so outrageous that it, it can sound uh, comical when you hear it from the outside looking in, but so, yeah. Earl, I, Earl, I actually went back and forth on the burning question for this week because I really wanted, I really wanted to ask you specifically, was that the worst sold finisher of all time? Uh, <clears throat> which one are you talking about, McMahon? Oh, is, I mean, come on. <laughs> that was, did you really ask which one are you talking about? There I knew what he was talking bad about. Ones. There was a couple bad ones. Um, I know Jeff I'm Hardy had sure... a pretty bad one too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon had like a heart attack when he got kicked. <laughs> and then everything just like died on him. Um, but yeah, that was probably the worst stunner I've ever seen Vince McMahon take. He's usually pretty good at taking them. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's, that was he's also like 80. So yeah, I mean, and, and what sucked is it was, it's set up, especially as somebody who's like, that's my heyday of wrestling was the McMahon stone cold era there. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh, what? Uh, uh. <laughs> that was, that was, that was exactly what I did during that. Yeah. I saw it and I was like, Oh, he could have definitely did a whole lot better on that one. Well, and what caught me off guard was usually I, I wrestlers mess up moves all the time, I'm assuming, but they yeah. are able to cover it, you know, instead of just picking him up. And like, I don't even know, I don't even know what they did. So, but here's, like, here's he could have like, like thrown him across to the other side of the ropes, and then as he was coming back, done something, but no, it was just a sloppy. So, here's, here's what bothers me it was the Greatest weekend in just about all time. What is that? This, my friend, is a skull. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I like it. Um, other than it, like, I don't see how they fit. Okay, anyways, go ahead. Anyways, anyways. Um, yeah, so the, it was probably one of the greatest weekends of all time. Um, or most stupendous weekend of all time, if if I want to throw in a pun. Um, the fact that each of these matches that happened, all 812 of them, <laughs> um, <laughs> trust me, it was a long freaking weekend. Um, each of these matches were rehearsed more than once. Yeah. So it's not like it was a surprise that Stone Cold showed up and gave Vince McMahon a stunner or gave Pat McAfee a stunner or gave Austin Theory a stunner the, or the, the Austin Theory cell job was the was, best. <laughs> that was, was awesome. You you have that and then you follow it up with McMahon and it's like the the polar opposite on how to yeah. sell a finish. So here's it here's what sucks about the Vince McMahon stunner. You got Austin or not even Austin Theory anymore. He's no longer Austin Theory. He's just oh, Theory. He's just theory. Yeah, he changed his name now. Um, sold it phenomenal. And then Pat McAfee takes a stunner. Sold it incredible. 
Yeah, his cell like, job was really good too. Like you, like I would put Pat McAfee cell with the Rock. What's up, David? Yeah, McAfee, <laughs> McAfee's was nice. Yeah, Pat McAfee had a really great cell, and then Vince McMahon, who just like had a heart attack in the ring. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot so, of fun to watch. You know, sitting down watching WrestleMania weekend, and then I, I have to say. Uh, there were a few matches that kind of let me down, but the the greatest moment of the entire weekend for me watching at home, if you say jackass, that, no, if you no, say no, no, jackass, no. I will sign out of this stupid thing. <laughs> jackass, no, jackass. As much fun as that was to watch, no, the, the gif of Pat McAfee laying on the ground guzzling a beer, that's yeah. probably the best moment yeah. of WrestleMania. That's, that was that's usually how I feel. Um, speaking of Pat McAfee, though, we are here for soccer. As much as I would love to talk about what is a GIF. You know, it's that stuff you put on your sandwich with the jelly. It is pronounced GIF, not GIF. I will fight you to the death on this. GIF is that stuff that you put on your, your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, usually on the bottom side so it like everything weighs down. Um, I get carried away, though. Sorry, I digress. I did... <laughs> I did happen to tweet pat mcafee over the weekend oh did Ooh. you 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 got back on twitter just to tweet pat mcafee just to tweet pat mcafee that's it okay because pat mcafee's intro song has this very similar resemblance to this new mexico united chant that we do around this place he was very entertained by the way Very cool. Very cool. Jacob looks so confused right now. I'm very lost. Earl, maybe you should reach out to Pat, see if we can get him on the show. Get some uh, David, WrestleMania vibes. David will reach out. There we go. <laughs> yeah, David and him went, went beer drinking together. You should get Pat McAfee out to a match. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's uh, Open Cup. Obviously, round two happened last weekend. Uh, you know, I wait, was out. Wait, are we done with the wrestling? Are yeah, you Earl, telling me? Are you Earl telling me? Are you telling me that I spent two nights watching WrestleMania, and that's all we're going to? I'm fine, actually. I don't really care. No, please, <laughs> by, by all means, by all means, continue carrying on. No, because see, that was like a lifetime ago. It feels like. Oh, and you're so telling me. I remember very little, honestly. I remember about just it. about all of it, including night one. Where there's 77,000 people trying to get out of a stadium at once, which is not fun, by the way. Did you go it, both nights? That's why you wait. That's why yeah. you wait for like half an hour. So my WrestleMania night, or my WrestleMania weekend, considered of me driving to Lubbock on Thursday. Yeah, which um, was weird. Which, yeah, it was it was very, very strange. Well, no, it was just um, weird that we were both in Lubbock. Yeah. He didn't reach very out. random. I did. <sighs> I was the one that told you I was in love with it. Yeah, but then you're like, hey, let's not get dinner tonight because I'm too busy or whatever. Well, whatever. So I, I was there for a men's conference and we had services at night. So oh. dinner would have had to have been at like nine. So anyways. So then and I know you're Friday morning. Seven. Friday, I was on vacation. Oh, so eight. It's sorry. That, it is weird that anyone's in Lubbock ever. Um, but it also beats driving to Dallas after you've worked a day. Um, so there is a college in Lubbock, David Carl. There's a rather, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, but there is a college there. 
<laughs> so Friday morning, we drive to Dallas and we get there, which if, you ever, if you've driven in Dallas in the past five years, I'm pretty sure they're doing the same construction on the same freeway and they've just added more construction to that same freeway. Um, so construction sucks, by the way, because it's like every freeway. We get there Friday, get to the hotel, and shower, shit, shower, shave, and then jet down to the American Airlines Stadium arena because we had wrestling Friday. Then we had wrestling Saturday afternoon or Saturday morning at noon, and then Saturday again at night for WrestleMania, then Sunday for WrestleMania, then Monday for WrestleMania Raw. So, yes, I had five days or five different events of wrestling all weekend long. Um, bless you, whoever that was. Pearl <laughs> <laughs> said bless you, babe. She said thank you. But she's probably like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um. So, yeah, so it was a very exhausting weekend. Um, and I can't wait to do it again next year when I go to L.A., You can't complain though. I think did we did we lose? He's frozen. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was like, did we lose it? You because you, you sure. can't. No, we can. I, he could hear me. You can hear me, right, Seth? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can. Earl's, hear you. Earl's having a stroke. That's what's going on. <laughs> Earl is currently Vince McMahon right now. Anyways, so like I was saying, night one of wrestling, of WrestleMania, while 77,000 people are trying to get out of Cowboy Stadium or AT&T Stadium, to be politically correct. Because um, if I say Cowboy Stadium, I'm pretty sure in three, two, one, David will say Cowboy Suck. Um, Jerry so, World. David, if you want to put that in, that's fine. I, I accept it. Cowboys do suck. Um, anyways, night one, we're walking out. We finally get to our van. Um and my little brother finds this bag. Oh no! This is I don't. Is I don't this, know where is this how you become Heisenberg? Finds yes. this bag and then you stop. I'm like, sorry, I was trying to see if I still had the bag. I was looking around, but I don't. No, have you it. never keep the evidence. <laughs> oh, you'll be surprised. So, anyways, we find this bag hanging on our hanging on our passenger side window. So my little brother. Opens it. We get in the van. Opens it up after we leave the stadium because you let no him open a strange bag that was hanging on your door. Fuck yeah! It was a WrestleMania uh, drawstring bag. That's what I was trying to look for it, but I don't have it. Um, I probably gave it to him. That's why. Anyways, in this uh, WrestleMania drawstring bag, there was a whole bunch of merchandise in there, like a blue WrestleMania hat, which I didn't keep. Um, it was this. I believe it was gray, a gray wrestle or a blue WrestleMania shirt that has like WrestleMania on the top, and then there was this other shirt which I definitely kept for sure that looks something like this. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's a Roman Reigns shirt, so I was like, "Yep, I'm definitely keeping that," and I'm gonna pull the older brother move and punk you for it. So I kept a. I I kept the Roman Reigns shirt. Now oh, there you go. That's the way to do it. You know, free merch. Just you know, you don't question it. You know. Yeah, you, you but, can't uh, complain. But yeah, no. So I I offered Earl the opportunity to do a WrestleMania recap. He opted not to, 
And uh, I mean, at this point, you know, it's probably not, you know, again, like Jacob, like you said, it's so far ago, you know, kind of hard to yeah. remember what happened then. So, um, yeah, Earl, we're, we're glad to have you back. We're, we miss, we obviously didn't do a show last week. Um, Audrey and I recorded something after the U.S. Open Cup match here in town against Las Vegas Legends. If you haven't checked that out, it is over on the podcast feed. Audrey and I stood outside UNM Soccer Complex, did a little recap, talked a little bit, and we shared the news that came out. Uh, the club announced, I believe, uh, yesterday, yesterday or today, yesterday about Alex Tambakis, uh, who did pick up an injury prior to the Open Cup match and right. will be out for a period of time. We don't know how long yet. Um, Audrey and I were getting ready uh, pre-match and uh, Peter came up and started, we were talking to him and uh, he let us know that, that Alex hashtag Pete Leaks. Hashtag Pete Leaks. There you go. Um, and, and so that's, we were talking about it. That's David's favorite hashtag on Twitter. <laughs> it sure is. Um, and, and so Audrey and I were talking about it after the show and, and uh, you know, we do, we have heard that the club is going to be signing someone. We do know that we don't know when, uh, you know, I'm about 98% certain it will be a goalkeeper. Uh, cause as of right now, uh, Ford Parker is the only keeper, uh, that is healthy on the roster. So, um, be on the lookout for that later this week. Um, hopefully later this week, at least that's what I've been told. Um, so, uh, looking forward to see what happens there. I did float a name to, uh, to, to Peter. He didn't shoot it down. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And, uh, so Audrey and I kind of talked about it, go back and listen to it on the recap episode from over the weekend. Um, and, uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Um, so, I mean, with the injury to Alex, um, do you think we see Ford get a start this weekend against Phoenix? And we'll kind of, we'll cover this real here real quick and then we'll get, finish up open cup draw. Um, you know, so does Ford get the start? Uh, depending on who gets signed this week? I mean, with the knowledge that we have now, you have to say yes, because we don't we don't know who it's going to be. And honestly, I would... I He starts one of these two Phoenix matchups, regardless of who we sign. Who we sign. My guess is it would be the first. Okay. Earl, what are your thoughts? Do you do you think Ford has, uh, from what we've seen of Ford so far this season, we've had a couple of appearances, and we actually found out that the appearance he got in the preseason was a last-minute thing, um, that Alex had picked up a little bit of a knock, and uh, Ford was a last-minute addition to, to the matchday roster in the preseason. So uh, do you think Ford... Ha- do you think he's ready for this? That you know, Phoenix is obviously one of the teams to beat in the Western Conference. Um, how do you think he stacks up? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what Jacob was just doing there. That's a little weird. I'm trying to get my dog to jump up into frame, but he's being shy. Oh, um, so to answer your first question do i think ford makes a start i mean do we have anybody else i know you just said that you kind of threw some name around um but at this point it's would you would you like to know the name that i floated cody yes cody was cody was the name that i floated as a possible short-term loan now i don't know i think it would be i think it would be a great hit for the with the fans if cody came back for even just a short amount of time 
it wasn't shot down, but you know, we don't know. I, I would be absolutely shocked if it's Cody. My, my thought was Ben. I mean, could be, you know, Ben did just have a, a, a rough outing. Uh, for El Paso, so I mean, I, I would love to see Ben come no, back. No, you know? that was Phil. Or yeah, you're right, Phil. I'm, I do apologize. That that was Phil. Um, ben, ben, is, that's why I threw Ben out there because he is not, according to what I've researched, he is not on a club right now. So, anyways, here's how I look at it: if we don't sign anyone by once today, Tuesday. Good job, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thursday. If we don't sign anybody by Thursday, yes, you can expect um, Ford to start. Um, at this point, I would be willing to bet just about anybody in the world, including David, a beer that Ford starts. Um, and that's, yeah. And how does he stack up? I mean... He held his own during the Open Cup, so that was might be good. Now, well, that, I mean, it's it's Phoenix and Las Vegas Legends. That's two. Oh, vastly I, oh I know. Different. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. He held himself against the Legends, so yes, okay. I mean, I don't really have a say. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's understandable. You know, it, I would. I would feel for Ford if that was his first, you know, league start for him against a club like Phoenix, because we know what Phoenix can do. While they haven't necessarily been the Phoenix of the past couple years so far to start this season, that's a tough matchup for any keeper in their you know league debut. Um, do I think Ford could I, I think Ford does get the start on Saturday, depending on you know who the signing is. Uh, but even then, like I feel like it's about a, probably about a ninety percent chance that Ford gets to start, um, at least in in that match. So, um, but before we do talk about Saturdays, you know, let's do we do have the Open Cup draw. Uh, I want to talk about this here real quick. Open Cup draw happened over oh, happened on Friday, and New Mexico United was drawn in the was put into the Mountain Division pot. Uh, with Phoenix Rising, Northern Colorado Hailstorm, and Real Salt Lake. And surprise, surprise, we drew Phoenix away. Um, the news did come out from the club, and I did actually talk to uh, David Carl uh, ahead of time, and, and the club did not apply to host a third-round match due to having no facilities available for that. And going for and Peter Trevisani actually said this over on Facebook, uh, the other day that the club would not be able to host any further round this year. Um, again, due to lack of facilities being available. Uh, I've also, some other things have come out that I have, I haven't quite reached out. I haven't reached out with the club and can try to confirm yet. Um, there was another reporter I saw that said that, uh, university of Mexico, New Mexico did take the full gate from the open cup match. Um, David, if you're still in the chat, if you want to confirm or deny that, that you know we would appreciate that. But that's something that's that is something that is out there now. I wouldn't be surprised because we know that UNM set the prices for this match. UNM uh, basically you know rented the facility out to the club to to host that, and 
you know, I, I got to wonder, you know, how beneficial, yes, it's great having the open cup match here, but how beneficial is it to the club if they, if they get no percentage of the gate, if, um, <clears throat> if they're also then having to pay rent to UNM for use of the facility as well? Maybe that was the rent. I mean, maybe 20, uh, 2,100 folks that, you know, roughly 30 tickets, 30 bucks a pop. So, you know, <laughs> or, are or you, the, are you trying to give me a brain aneurysm tonight? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we got to do math Earl. Or it oh, I tried. was built into it somehow. I don't know. Uh, like you said, though, I wouldn't be surprised either way, but it's still, I think having the home match, what you get in merch sales, what you get in exposure, it all evens out in the end. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. And, you know, you, you know, I was out there, I felt like, I know it was a, it was a Tuesday night. I was expecting a little bit more of a crowd, but still 2100 playing an MPSL club on a terrible weather day. You know, I felt like it was still a decent, a decent draw in terms yeah. of attendance. And I gotta say, I'm surprised they're not here in the chat tonight. La, La Maldición, fantastic presence at the Open Cup match on on that Tuesday night. It was absolutely incredible. I spent time at both ends of the pitch, and I gotta say that North End with La Maldición was incredible. Like those guys were killing it so much more so than you know, some other supporters groups and not, that's not to say that they weren't, ma- they were making noise being loud. The coppolas were, were good, but like that North end was just rocking and it was a lot of fun being down there. Um, But yeah, you know, looking at the draw, I mean, were you guys surprised if we got Phoenix? Like what are your thoughts on facing Phoenix again? And now it ends up being two matches in like four days in Phoenix. Well, we only. You know, I, ha- I have. I'm gonna go first. I have my feelings. There you go, Earl. Jump in. There. I'm gonna kill myself. Wow. I'm going to kill myself, and it's your fault. Uh, I mean, it's not really my fault, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, try to get us back, back on the rails there. Um, <clears throat> the. The day of the draw, in fact, when they announced that United and Northern Colorado didn't put in host, um, that leaves us with two options. So I wasn't surprised at all. I also wasn't surprised because the way they did the weird draw thingy, uh, I'm relatively sure he was looking at the envelopes. But... (laughs) Unless those were like triple ply, like card stock. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because he was like, uh, uh, I don't, uh, uh, this, no, nope, this one. Yeah. Sorry. But here's how I looked at that. Um, because I kind of watched it, kind of didn't. I was busy doing work, unlike Jacob. Um, I was sicker than a dog that morning. Thank you. That whole day. My, my point, my, my point still stands, by the way um so yeah so i kind of watched it kind of didn't and i kind of already assumed it was going to be phoenix just because you look at rsl who's a higher division whatever the hell you want to call it 
And then you have us and Phoenix, who still sucks. Um, and then Northern Northern Lights, Colorado. Northern Lights? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Northern Colorado, Hailstorm. Same Northern thing. Lights, Cannabis, Indica. That's exactly what I said. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, of course, the higher division is going to get the lower division because it makes for the David versus the Goliath thing that they that the US Open Cup likes. But you could have had two David Goliaths. So then you could so have had it, you could no, have had Northern no, Colorado. No. Yes, you could have had Northern Colorado, a smaller division, going up against Phoenix, a larger division, David, Goliath. Then you could have had us, Goliath or David in this scenario, going up against Goliath in MLS. Your logic is flawed. Did you logic is flawed. Your logic Logic flawed. flawed like, I, I know they. So the reason Phoenix is in the mountain group is because supposedly they did exactly. like a coin toss between FC Tucson and Phoenix Rising because so that, because they're you know, geographically similar, and so that one of the clubs had to go one way or the other. Now, I think it would have been interesting to see FC Tucson in our group. You know, FC Tucson is not a terrible club. Um, you know, I, I just I think it would have been more interesting to see. From a viewer's standpoint, I think seeing Phoenix out in that Pacific division, I think that would have been a much more interesting match to watch. And like a, a Phoenix LAFC match? Yes. I mean, I, I think that would have been a much bigger draw than, you know, I mean, yes, Phoenix, New Mexico is going to draw. It's going to be a great match, you know, at least we hope so anyway. And it's going to draw, but it's not going to get the, the national attention that, say, LASC Phoenix are, would get, you know, or or LA Galaxy Phoenix. And I, th- I feel like USSF could have done that a little bit better. Um, My question, so I know that they said it was a coin toss. I didn't watch the the group for Tucson. Mm-hmm. Did Tucson put in to host? Uh, I think they check. did. But with a smaller league like that, or a smaller division like that, I'd be a little nervous to have them. And you yeah. could have a four. Okay, they did. Okay. Yeah, FC Tucson is hosting Cal United Strikers. Okay. My point is mute then. Isn't yeah, it always? So... <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, and I think it, there could have been some very interesting draws um, had they done it a little bit differently. Now, I'm not upset by, by facing Phoenix. I don't like the fact that we have to play them twice in four days. That's my problem. That's, that's my problem with it. Um, and, and so I think it's, this is going to be a tough week coming up for United, no matter how you look at it. Phoenix Rising, you know, Easter weekend, and you got them midweek for the Open Cup and you know, then come back and play another game at home on the 23rd um, against San Antonio. So, you know, it's it's going to be a tough week for the club. And, you know, I look at these at the, at the Open Cup and I'm like, okay, like I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I just don't want to play Phoenix. And it's not that I, it's not that I have doubts about our ability to perform against them. It's just, it's the timing. That's my thing. Well, the timing would have sucked for, I mean, would it have been any easier to go to RSL? Well, in, in terms of travel and stuff, no. Uh, yeah, but it's still, a, I mean, it's it's theoretically a tougher team. 
depending yeah. on what kind of team RSL fields. They're not bad this year. So no, they're good. But for three matches, we didn't necessarily see a, or for two matches, we didn't necessarily see an A team from an MLS squad. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Minnesota that we were like, oh, okay, these are the starters. Not to take anything away that we did. I mean, they were still MLS quality players. It just wasn't, it wasn't a team that they were going to roll out there to play LAFC on a Sunday. It was a team that they were playing in the Open Cup. So that being said, I still think going to RSL would have made this week tough, maybe even tougher because you're going from Phoenix to there to here mm-hmm. in a week instead of Phoenix stay in Phoenix a little while and then come home and playing and playing a team that we have a rival rivalry with maybe that umps ups the the uh sorry I'm trying to do two things at once here I I'm pretty sure Jacob's having a stroke <laughs> maybe it being a rivalry match twice in a row you know there your adrenaline gets going a little bit more in those so maybe we wear ourselves out a little bit more but and he's officially out of his stroke no nope, i'm back in <laughs> i mean i get it but you do you think it makes it harder to get up for the players to get up for both of those matches with the level of intensity that's going to come with how close they are together um, it depends on this group of players. I don't, you know, I was looking at the starting lineup the other day and there was, there was only one player out there from year one. Uh, and it was Sam. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the roster as a whole, there's only, well, I guess two because of we and sorry. Um, if you look at the roster as a whole, I think there's only three from year one, four, sorry, Tete. I'm, I'm making my argument worse and worse. But I remember asking Devin about it several times and Coach Troy. And the Open Cup was something that they were definitely amped up for. And so it's not like they're going to go out and half-ass the league game because it's first. I don't see that happening at all. If they're going to go out there and try to get three points. Um, what is going on here, Earl? Earl, I can this see is da- not OnlyFans. I can see down your shirt. I'm sorry, I was looking for something <laughs> on my desk. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> carry on, carry on. If I was trying to show you, if I was trying to give you a peep show, you would know. That's scary. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think it's gonna gonna matter too much. I think you're gonna see two good games against Phoenix, um, and and the way I see it, it gives us two opportunities to beat Phoenix, which. We were only going to have well three opportunities between next or when we come when they come here, and then these two. So that's one more than we were going to have this season. Yeah. Uh, one final open cup question for you because we're all, we'll obviously have a open cup preview next Tuesday night. Looking at the draw as a whole for the third round, we know that seventeen MLS clubs entered for, uh, for the first time this season uh, with the with the hopes that it would give some different not just a different matchups, but more opportunities for lower division clubs to host. Now the draw on Friday started off really well for the lower level clubs. Quite a few were drawn home against MLS sides. It ended up being 10 MLS clubs hosting with seven on the road. 
the seven on the road are uh, Inter Miami. CF is going to Miami FC. Uh, DC United is going to Flower City Union from Nisa. Columbus Crew is going to Detroit City FC. Uh, let's see where's that. New York Red Bulls are going to Hartford. Charlotte FC is going to Greenville Triumph. Uh, Minnesota United is going to Ford Madison. Austin FC is going to San Antonio. And I believe that's all of the MLS clubs that are on the road. On the road. Do any of those stand out to you as a possibility for an upset? Uh, I think a few of them do. Um, I think that Hartford one is intriguing. Um, I honestly think Greenville uh, mm-hmm. could be the 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 big underdog there. That, or, uh, and then maybe uh, what was the other? The the Miami one is fascinating. The the two Miami squads facing off against each other. Very interested to see what happens there. Um, Inter Miami has been atrocious. I think. Mm-hmm would be the right word to use in the league this year and and uh, the Miami FC looks looks fairly competent and so I think that could be a very good match you know I look at these and, and if I had to pick one I would say San Antonio and Austin I think that's going to be a I think it's gonna be a really great match and I think San Antonio could walk away with with the win there I don't <clears throat> Yes, they could. Um, I don't. I, I know Harry. It means a lot to Harry, uh, and it's it's a very interesting matchup that, of course, I'm going to watch. But I think Austin's just better, mm-hmm. and as long as they take it seriously, I don't think that's going to be much of a game. I really like what Austin is doing, and I know it's in San Antonio, but but. Everything about Austin FC is just very intriguing to me. They, their fan base is crazy. Uh, they come out, they win the first two matches, five nothing, and five one, or four one. And I just like what they're doing, and, and think that they'll they'll be motivated to make a move in this open cup. Earl, what do you think about Minnesota United going to uh, Ford Madison? Oh, you know me oh too well. <laughs> that's actually one match that I want to watch. Um, one, I love Minnesota. I mean, Ford Madison, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, I love Ford Madison and their new Ukraine kit that they have is pretty freaking wicked. Um, so yeah, so I definitely interested in that one. And as I was, praying to God that they would come here until I found out that we weren't hosting. And I was like, Oh, maybe we'll go over there. That'd be cool. And then found out that they're not even in our little squadron. Um, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Yeah, I, I, think- I, I think Ford Madison could beat them just because they're a fun squad to watch. Yeah. I think that's an interesting matchup. You know, the, the Mingos have a, a very incredible fan base and they do a lot in and around that area. They do a lot of fundraising, a lot of stuff like that, a lot of awareness. And I I just think that atmosphere, if Minnesota comes out and does not take that seriously, 
you know, Jacob, you mentioned it with, with Austin San Antonio. If these ML, some of these MLS clubs, if they don't take the, the, the USL championship clubs seriously, or even, you know, the Ford Madison, like there are some of these MLS clubs that I think could be upset. Um, especially if, with the ones that are going on the road. Um, the, these home MLS matchups. So I don't see a whole lot happening there. Like I don't see Atlanta United losing the, the Chattanooga. I don't see, uh, Real Salt Lake losing the Hailstorm. LAFC, Orange County. Orange County is not the same Orange County that we saw last year. So I, I feel like LAFC's got the edge there. Um, so did you say no? So I can definitely see Atlanta losing and LAFC losing. And I only say that to try to piss you guys off. And get a rise <laughs> the, I, the one that I, I foresee where... Um, MLS is at home is FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I feel like this is a game that FC Cincinnati could just get like embarrassed in. Um, I don't know about embarrassed. Well, well, then what would you say? What What do you think their What do you think FC Cincinnati's chances are in this match? I mean, their chance of winning. They're yeah. They, they've got to be favored. I mean. They're they're playing pretty good soccer right now. They seem to have kind of figured things out at this MLS level after three years. And they are two four and zero right now. But look at their recent form, not the whole year. I think they might have lost this weekend, but before that, I'm pretty sure they won two in a row. I'll have to look. I don't know. They, anyways they they have talent. They it, it just. To me, when I look at if I think an MLS team is going to win or not, it's way more about how I feel they're going to take it, how I feel, you know, what they want to accomplish with this Open Cup. If it's, if it's just a competition that they're in and they don't care about it, then I predict them more to lose a little bit more, which is why LAFC, to me, is not a guarantee. Um, I, I think LAFC is going to focus on the league and trying to win MLS Cup in the playoffs and and get right in the league after an off year last year. And so I could I could really see this this Orange County game turning into Orange County versus Las Vegas Lights. I could see Cal Jennings, I could see mm-hmm. Malofsky, I could see Treo um mixed with maybe Mamadou Fall because he's 19 um, at center so, back. So when you asked Seth a while ago about the chances that they have to yeah, beat, it's okay. whatever, I wasn't talking. Cool. yeah, it's fine because I I have the chances that they have. Like, I really do. Okay. <laughs> and there is copyright strike number one of that, the night. Nope, Thank you. That, that, that's why I stopped that far because it was not 10 seconds. <laughs> Uh, so Jacob, you, you were talking about FC Cincinnati's most recent. I don't know what they, I was talking about. They have, they've lost their last two matches in a row. Okay, well they won two at one point. Okay, they beat Orlando, which admittedly you know, was a good win for them. Then they beat Miami. So you know, beating Miami actually, isn't saying a lot. I have actually watched them, and they pass an eye test that they haven't passed before. Okay, so I don't give a damn about your numbers over there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, numbers and logic and math. What? No, 
Okay. I'm a Republican, damn it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no logic there. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. There's some quick USL. Well, not so not really so quick. Uh, U.S. Open Cup talk. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we will discuss uh, New Mexico United's match against Phoenix Rising in the third round of the cup on next Tuesday's show. Uh, but next up, we have a match this Saturday, Easter weekend, New Mexico United taking on Phoenix Rising FC out at Wild Horse Pass. Guys, this is, to, to some people, the rivalry for New Mexico United. I know some people still say it's Smell Paso down south of us. Um, but, you know, this matchup here has been electric every time the two clubs have met. Uh, in fact, in, you know, the, you know, last season that, you know, it was even then, like in a down year, like it, it was still interesting to watch. And so, Saturday night, we look at um, United going on the road. United is still unbeaten on the season. Two wins, two draws, no losses. And Phoenix Rising, one point ahead in the standings. Two wins, I'm sorry, three wins, two losses, and no draws. Wait, um, what, what did you call this matchup? Uh, I'm calling it Desert Wars, but you know. <laughs> Oh my god! All right, we're getting we're getting canceled so, today. So, have we listened to real podcasts before? They have a producer that is just in charge of drops, and they just have a little <laughs> well, little screen there. Yeah. I vote we move Earl into producer role, and and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have a mic. He just has drops ready at the willing, and all he does is hit a button, and somebody something plays, whether it's that. Or uh, the stupid question one, which I thought was the best one yeah. of his entire podcasting career. Yeah, there we go. We'll uh, we'll 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 crowd we'll fund we'll crowdfund a a, a, soundboard. a soundboard for Earl. Yeah, we need there we, go. we need to take we need to take this one to the board though before we make any decisions. Okay, we'll do that. Um, so yeah, Phoenix has won the last two in a row. We've drawn our last two uh, outside of cup play. Phoenix it seems to be finding a little bit of uh, the form that they had last year. They did lose two in a row previously to San Diego Loyal and Las Vegas Lights. But re more recently, they've picked up wind over LA Galaxy 2 and San Antonio. Um, I mean, looking at this, you know, it, you know, I know we said it's not the same Santa, it's not the same Phoenix club. But, I mean, realistically, you know, what is going on in Phoenix right now? Why are they not – why do they not seem to be living up to the expectations that – have been set for them. Can I ask you something first real quick? Seth? Yes. Are you those people that think that this is the real rivalry? Yes. Why? Why? His brain because he has brain damage. I mean he does follow <laughs> Atlanta United. No, I just I I I feel like he's also a Braves fan if that helps at all too. World champions. There you have it. Um, carry, carry I, on, carry on. I, I feel like the matchup with Phoenix is the rivalry because I feel like it's it's a better test of skill for both clubs than playing El Paso. I, I have feel, nothing to do with a rivalry though. I just nowhere I feel, nowhere in the definition of rivalry is it is it a better challenge to your talent. 
I don't care what David says right now either. Okay. <laughs> I also, and, and you know, while you got the banter from the fans going back and forth from El Paso and here, like, you know, it, it's, if you look at the, the stuff that comes out of El Paso, it's the same stuff. They're calling people plastic fans and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's not like, to me, it doesn't really up anything. And when you look at guys like, you know, Earl's favorite over on Twitter or some other folks, like they legitimately like hate United. They hate the but fan they don't, base. But they don't hate us because we're their rival. They hate us because we're the FC Cincinnati to USL now. So here's, I don't know if Jacob's having a stroke or not, but here's what I think. No, no it's because it, we we draw numbers. We haven't won shit. And that's all we, I've seen these arguments on Twitter and it is, we're the better team. Oh, well, we have more fans. That's what the argument is from most New Mexico United supporters on Twitter when it comes to Phoenix fans in general. I don't care about the numbers like that. That doesn't, the the numbers. I know, but that's, that's why they don't like us. They don't, it has nothing to do with the play on the pitch that, Phoenix, it, had you asked me this before COVID, Phoenix what? was the rival. What? Phoenix was the rival before COVID. But you cannot have the rivalry be somebody that we did not play in 2020. We played once in 2021. Or we played we played them in 2020, sorry. Played once in 2020, played once in 2021. When you have a team that there are constantly yellow cards, and occasionally red cards when we play El Paso. They do not like each other. You can watch the game and see that the players do not like each other. They respect each other after the match, but they do not like each other during that 90 minutes. And so, to me, it's not... We can have a more of a rivalry with Phoenix fans. The Phoenix can, fans can be our fans' rival. But as far as the teams, I... Th- think if you'd ask the players, most of them are going to say it's El Paso over Phoenix. And when I watch the games, that's what I see. The games with Phoenix are fantastic. They're very entertaining. Uh, they get chippy because almost every USL game gets chippy in some way, shape, or form. Hell, the Las Vegas Legends game got chippy at times. Um, so the chippiness is going to be there no matter who we play. But... It's not. It doesn't have the same feeling as El Paso. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. I do. I just, you know, while while the while the rising matches don't have the yellow cards and the red cards and like the what seems to be a genuine hatred between the players, I just I feel like that's what a rivalry is. Well, that's part of it. Yes, but that's not all of it. Like there is rivalry there is heated play but it's more competitive it's more tactical it's not the stop and go you know yellow card fest that we have with el paso every single time out that's just el paso's playstyle though and and that's that's the case but you know i feel like watching if you watch the play on the pitch against phoenix if you look at the the interactions between the supporters i feel like phoenix is the rival and yeah, well, rather, I, would, I would rather take two wins over Phoenix than winning a season series against El Paso. I would much rather put my I, eyes in hot sauce before I watch any Phoenix rising match. Can't that, 
Like, I don't see what you're saying as mutually exclusive to a rivalry is the problem that I have. Like, are the matches more enjoyable to watch? Yes. Would I take two wins over Phoenix this year uh, instead of two wins over El Paso? Yes. No. I would because they're who I want to be competing with. I don't want to be competing with a O or one four and O El Paso team this year right now. I want to be beating Phoenix this year and showing that we belong near the top of the Western Conference. But that's not what a rivalry is. Rivalries are regional teams that face each other a lot and teams that do not like each other. And that is what El Paso is. Phoenix fits all three of those. But not near as... No, because we have not played them a lot. We've played El Paso 12 okay, times. The, the only reason we haven't played them as much is because of the because of the COVID seasons. That's the right. only reason. And yeah. had that not happened, we would have had the exact same number and, of appearances against them as and, with El Paso. And before the COVID season happened, I agreed that Phoenix was our bigger rival. But things change. And the fact that we have played El Paso so many damn times... And I, I think what's going on here, Seth, is you're just annoyed that you had to write so many El Paso <laughs> in the last two seasons, and you're just sick of them. And I get that. <laughs> but the points that you're making, to me, while they are true in every way, shape, or form, it it just doesn't have the same feeling to me as the El Paso matches because of the division play last year and the year before. Again, I get it. I un- I understand where you're coming from, and we can agree to disagree on here, uh, you know, on, on that fact. And yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't. To me, it doesn't take away from what we're gonna see on Saturday. Uh, no. Over in the chat no. here, David Carl, better soccer in the matches versus Phoenix. The rivalry began earlier. The players hate each other. We don't control the schedule. We've got Open Cup history versus Phoenix, not El Paso. Not saying El Paso isn't a rivalry, but Phoenix is our biggest one. I, see, that's exactly it right there. That's exactly it. The only thing there is better soccer. That's the only difference between the El Paso matches and these matches. And that's not a rivalry to me. I've seen ugly-ass football between the Steelers and Ravens, and that's one of the biggest rivalries in sports. It's not fun football. It's not watching Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl-style football. It's ugly football. It's ugly football, but it still makes for a rivalry. All right. Well, we'll we'll leave that open to anyone listening uh, on the podcast or over in the chat. You know, who who is the biggest rivalry for you guys? Is it Phoenix? Is it El Paso? Is it someone else that we haven't even discussed? I mean, you know, is Colorado maybe the biggest rivalry? I don't think any of us would ever think that Colorado is, but no, because I love Colorado. You know, reach out to us over on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Let us know who you feel the the biggest rival is. And if you're in the chat, throw it up in the chat. Um, We'll get to that as we always do. Um, But so, you know, why, why is Phoenix not lived up to the hype? I don't think we ever really answered that question. Why? No, I I sidetracked the crap out of us. Um, what is going on there? And do you think maybe they're starting to find their way a little bit? I think it's just, they, they lost a few large pieces. Uh, one (laughs) good job, David. Um, 
I don't know. I, just, I disagree, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I think I before you before you go, Jacob. Um, back to the rivalry talk. I think United's biggest rival is the stupid uh, citizens of Albuquerque voted no for the stadium. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I guess you could make that argument there as well. But um, you know, I, we'll get the stadium eventually. You know, we we've had conversations with with folks at the club. And uh, it is coming at some point soon. Uh, well, sooner than, than than we think. It's still a couple years off, but it, it's 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 coming. They're working on stuff. So, um, back to the question at hand, Jacob. What's wrong with Phoenix? Nothing. Okay. They they lost a couple matches. Whoop de do. Um, they still have a boatload of talent. They will figure it out if they haven't already. And I, I think we've seen signs of them figuring out already. And while I'm not scared of them in the least, uh, it is a tough little stretch here. And the fact that we have drawn our last two matches, what we probably should have won uh, really kind of sucks to be going into play Phoenix, then open cup and then home for San Antonio who, is playing some ugly soccer, but they're freaking winning and it's annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, I think Phoenix is going to be, is going to be fine this season. They're going to make the playoffs. It's not, uh, n- no reason to panic for them. I, I think they've just kind of found their chemistry and, and the, the pieces are kind of meshing together. I don't, I watched that lights game. It was just kind of weird game. Um, the San San Diego game. There, San Diego is a good ball club. Uh, so I'm I'm not thinking that they are. I don't I don't think I ever really panicked on them for anyways. Earl, kind of a, a two part question for you. Looking at Phoenix Phoenix's losses to San Diego Loyal, Las Vegas Lights. Were either do you th- do you feel like? Number one, either of those were fluky losses. Like, do you like are San Diego and Vegas legit this year? And two, would you feel better going into this weekend had we not drawn the previous two matches? Um, I don't think the losses were flukes. I mean, every dog has their day. That's for sure. Um, if you don't believe me, I mean, look at last season where we drew with just about every other team on our schedule. Um, so yeah, so every dog has their day. Do I think that Las Vegas are the real deal? They can be if they continue playing the way they have. I mean, yeah, they can. Um, Jacob probably doesn't agree with it, but whatever. Um, and then the San Diego game, I mean, I believe that was their first match that they played. Second. Second match. Um, no, because, I mean, you're still trying to figure things out week two. I mean, we were still trying to figure out things week two. We literally went from pressing in the 91st minute to deciding to play back pass for an entire half. So, yeah, we're definitely trying to figure out things, too. So, no, I don't think that both those losses were flukes. Um, I think they got the better of them, for sure. And then they... 
they figured something out. Um, and would I much rather, would I feel better going into this weekend with not two draws? No, because they're not two losses. Um, one of them felt like a loss, that's for sure, but they're not losses. So the guys are still, I mean, confident that they can still win because they haven't lost yet. Um, but no, I, I'm okay with the way things are going, especially not losing for sure. And then going into this, we're still playing good. Coming off of a 5 0 win against the lower team definitely builds some kind of confidence. Looking at how Phoenix performed last year compared to this year, last year they had five losses all season long. We're match week six, they've already got two. They've already allowed a quarter of the goals they allowed all of last season. Uh, they've allowed nine compared to 36 in, in 2021. Where do you think their biggest deficiency is, and how can we take advantage of that on Saturday? Are you asking me? Yeah. You're still unmuted, so I'll, I'll ask you first. Oh. Um, actually, I don't know, because like I said earlier, I would much rather use Tabasco Sauce's eye drops <laughs> than watch a Phoenix Rising match. Um so I actually don't know because I don't really pay attention to Phoenix Rising. Yeah, you're asking us these questions like we're professionals and we're supposed to like watch film and analyze tape. Um, <laughs> wait, I, I wait, don't know. Wait. I don't know what that's you, about. You don't. You don't analyze. You don't watch. You don't. <laughs> I, See, I can tell you not, that not all of us work for uh, a major sports broadcast, a national sports broadcast. So we're not all lucky. <laughs> Like you, I, I work for a local affiliate of a major sports broadcaster. So, yes. Yeah, what? what? <laughs> Earl's I trying to say that because lost. I write for ESPN Radio. No, no, I know. I, I, I get where he's coming from. <laughs> I forgot the question. Um, ah, so, yes, yes. Yeah, so, what is, yeah. I forgot the, what we're doing the, here. The, their problem is their back line. And I think what we do really well, uh, what we've done really well this year with Ataka and Nico up top in particular, uh, will already give them some fits. So I expect this to be another high-scoring affair in this rivalry, which uh, shouldn't surprise anybody. You know, David brings up a, an, uh, an interesting point here. And it said, um, I believe Dave was referring to both of their losses, uh, saying there was no, no. Santi and Ivan no. match. I, I think he's referring to their upcoming games. Oh, okay. Santi is hurt. So we will That's not, right. we will not see him in either match. Okay. Um, you know, you actually, so you actually had a, a comment that got liked by a USL, by John Morsey of USL tactics. Um, talking, he showed a clip of, I think it was the, the loyal match against uh, Phoenix where they prevented Santi from cutting back to his right. And they mm -hmm. really just kind of shut down Phoenix there in the final third uh, quite a bit. <clears throat> now, obviously Phoenix is missing guys like Solomon Santi who just signed for, for Indy um, for previous Crazy, seasons. Like, by the way. Yeah. I, didn't, I did not see that coming at all. Um, you know, looking at who they do have this year, what do you feel like our back line is going to hold up to that? Uh, hold up to the attack from Phoenix Rising? 
Uh, that very much depends on who our back line is. Okay. I, I want it to be Sheed, Ryden, Yearwood. As long as they're all fully fit. Mm -hmm. um, I think Yearwood and Sheed have both given ball-dominant wingers fits. So Marcus Epps trying to dribble in on that right side isn't going to work against Yearwood or Tete. Um, and Raiden uh, going up against Greg Hurst doesn't scare me. Um, so if it's those three, I'm feeling a lot better. If it's Sheed, Raiden, Swahi, I'm still feeling pretty good. Uh, I think Seymour has held up fantastically. Seymour is not the center back that we need uh, for this season period. We need Ryden back. And so I think if Ryden's in there, I feel pretty good about our, our back line. If he's not, then I'm a little nervous. See, I said it a couple weeks back. I would much rather have Sam on the back line and Seymour in the defensive mid midfield area only because I feel like Hamilton is more defensive strong. I feel like he's more backline minded where he can actually maintain that backline and actually keep them composed versus to what Seymour can do where he doesn't have the, I don't even know what I'm looking for to keep that backline maintained and actually in the shape that they need to be. Yeah, I understand that. You know, I just, I feel like Sam has done so well out of the midfield. Like I don't necessarily want right. to pull him out of that. Right. And and I'm not saying he's done bad in the midfield. Right. I would just be more happy, more comfortable, not even happy, just more comfortable with Sam being on the back line. Cause that's what he's played for the past three years is back line. But it's, it's not what he's played the past three years. It's what he played for two years, but in year one, he played defensive mid. I, I had the numbers several weeks ago, a month or so ago, but I want to say it was more, it was, it was really close, but I think he was more in the defensive mid than he was a center back role in year one. And then the other two years, I think we were just light on center backs. So he played a lot of center back. And then last year before he got hurt, we had seen him play some defensive mid. He was playing defensive mid when he got hurt. He is a defensive midfielder. That is what he is. I, I do not like the idea of, taking one position that's weak and taking somebody from another position to fill that position, because then you're still weakening two positions. Hamilton may be a touch better than Seymour, but he's not better than Ryden. So Ryden to Hamilton is still a drop down. And right. And I'm not saying, Seymour, I'm not, Hamil I'm not saying he's better I'm not than done Ryden. yet. And hey, I'm hey, Hamilton, hey. Hamilton yeah. to Seymour in a defensive midfield role is I think a step down. So instead of having maybe a little bit bigger step down in the back and then no step down in the middle, why wouldn't we keep it that way instead of bringing this one down a little bit and this one down a little bit? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah you know, I, I understand that. Um, and, and I see what you, and you know, I completely understand what you're getting at. Um, you, you definitely want the the strongest back line. And, and I do feel like if Kalen is able to return for Saturday, obviously he didn't play in the open cup. 
We don't know. We haven't heard too much about his injury status as far as, you know, what the issue is or where he's at in his rehab. Uh, I can say that Christian Nava and Josh Suggs were out, uh, practice, were out training prior to the Open Cup match. Um, so they're getting ever closer to coming back. Um, and so I think, you know, that gives us a little bit of a different uh, aspect that when, if those two come back. Now, as far as Kalen, again, we don't know the status of, of his injury. Um, hope, um, hopefully we'll hear something here in the next uh, couple days. But, yeah, I think right in – and honestly <sighs> – Ryden, Yearwood, and Rosh. Yeah, I really feel like that's the best three. And Will has done a fa- new dad. Will Seymour has done a fantastic job. I don't know if the club ever put that out or not, but uh, you know, he Will's been coming out. He's been throwing it in, throwing it out there. He's been doing fantastic. Alexi's been doing fantastic. Um, and Jacob's excited about who knows what. Sorry, um, I am. I'm very into the play-in game between the Timberwolves and the Clippers. I'm a lifelong Timberwolves fan, and this is probably the most exciting game that I've watched. And I've watched on mute because I am talking to new two numbskulls uh, <laughs> that want to interrupt me with TikTok quotes and argue about who's the biggest rival. At least you're yeah. not watching uh, the Lakers. So, oh yeah, I can't because they're at home. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, um, who's not at home though? Who's that, Earl? The number one team in the East, Miami Heat. Who cares? Is Pat Rye still coaching? <laughs> um, but but yeah, looking at Saturday, like I, I, Wild Horse Pass is always a tough place to play. Uh, Phoenix Rising obviously had one of the longest stre- unbeaten streaks in in, in soccer uh, in the U.S. a couple years ago, and so going in into this match on Saturday, what do you think the odds are of picking up a win? And do you think coming out of there with a point on Saturday is a good enough result? A good enough result for. Playing Phoenix like on this, the road. This the season outlook that I have. Yeah. Uh, yes. Taking a point at, in Phoenix, taking a point on the road is almost always going to be without looking at the game, without looking and seeing, oh, well, we were up in the 96th minute and we, we gave up a late goal. Barring that, when you just look at it in a vacuum for the whole season, taking a point on the road against another playoff team is is quality that is that's what you want to do you want to get points on the road and win at home and so if if we come out of there with a point i'm going to be happy unless it's like we outplayed them big time uh night david night david thanks for hanging with us man we appreciate you being here so i'm i would be happy with a point i think the odds of us getting three points (sighs) <sighs> um, slim. I would say twenty percent win, fifty percent, forty percent tie, and forty percent loss. Nah, that's a little, a little skewed. Uh, twenty, fifty, thirty. 
Okay, let's see. Where about that? Where is it? Okay, here we go. Uh, so 538 has their projections out for this weekend's matches, and they have Phoenix Rising as a 50% favorite to win. Uh, 26% chance that we will win and a 24% chance of a draw to happen. Um, Earl, do you do you feel the same as Jacob? Do you think you know going in taking a point is is the is it is that minimum the goal here, or do you think that the the three points is the is necessary this weekend? So I don't think three points are necessary. Um, obviously, three points would be nice, especially against a Phoenix team. Um, but yeah, one point. I mean, one point is definitely a win, and then three points is a victory for sure. Um, I know a win and a victory are the same. Did you just have a stroke? (laughs) Did we just witness a stroke? (laughs) Probably. Um, but no, that's how that's really how I see it. I mean, if we can, if we can come out of Phoenix with one point. That's definitely a win um, because you've obviously taken two points from Phoenix. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously everyone is going for three points. So if we can get three points out of it, that would be optimal, obviously. Tactically Saturday night. And, and this will be my final question before we get to our predictions for the match. Tactically, who does United need to get involved to give them the best chance of winning? We am. We am Brett. Okay. Um, two two different two completely different answers for, and I imagine uh, you know I'm going to try to guess what you're thinking. You know, Jacob, you want we you want to see Weehan get involved uh, for his creativity, his ability to to move the, to push the ball forward and open up some space in the in the box. Earl, you want Nico because of his pace, his ability to get to get in behind, and then go to get himself into one-on-one situations with the keeper. Sure, I'm just guessing. Like, how close am I to what you guys are to your lines of thought? Um, yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I think that those are. I mean, you take you take what those two players do best. And if we say that they're who we need to get involved, it's because we want them to do what they do best. And what we hand does best is create and wreak havoc. And, and he, I, I want him to spring Nico in behind and Tabor in behind uh, or occupy space from the defensive midfielders so that you can get Nico one-on-one with, with a center back or one-on-one with the keeper and and I do think that we are going to score some goals. Um, one more thing. One more thing is uh, David's not here, and I wish he was. But another thing you need in a rivalry is you need both sides to have success in the rivalry. And say what you want, we have not had success against Phoenix. We have not beaten them, period. Open Cup penalty shootout does not count as a victory in my eyes. It means we moved down. Yes, we did move on. But we have not beaten them ever in our existence. And that, to me, this late in our lifetime says they don't take us seriously. 
because why would they if we haven't beat them? And the rivalry just cannot be as fierce if you're not both going back and forth and winning games. But I digress. I think that with with what Weehan and Nico do, they they are going to give Phoenix fits no matter what. But ooh, sorry. But um what we need is more than two goals. That's what we need. Because even with Raiden, Yearwood, Tete, Swahi, even if the A team is back there, uh, e- even if you have prime Tim Howard in net, this Phoenix team is going to score goals at home. That's Tim what they Howard? Do. Seriously? That's your pull? Yeah, I said prime. <laughs> I said prime Tim Howard. I didn't mean today, Tim Howard. Well, no, obviously not Tim Howard of today, but like of all the keepers, and we just lost Jacob. Um, that's an interesting Tim Howard. Like, where did? Why would you? I don't know. While, while I Jacob mean, is figuring out his, I his would. Ass. I would also go with prime Tim Howard. Um, and I'm talking like 2014 World Cup Tim Howard. Okay. That's why I would go with. I mean, I guess, like, I don't even know, man. Like, I'm going to move Jacob out. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm trying to think, how many goals did Tim Howard allow in in the 2014 World Cup? I'd have to look it up, but I just feel like there's more pulls, you know? Like you could have pulled someone better than that. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, I think Jacob just texted us. Internet went out. Okay, so Jacob may not be back. But uh, so let's finish this out. Uh, so, oh, Jacob hates me. <laughs> yes, he does. Fucking hates me. <laughs> um, sorry, I thought I saw. Oh yeah. So Tim Howard. In the round of 16 in 2014 against mm-hmm. Belgium, made 16 saves. That's right. That that's what he did well. Uh, he actually holds the record right now for the most saves in a World Cup. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Because that that because uh, uh, Romelu Lukaku won that match for them, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. All right. So uh, let, let's let's go ahead and finish this out. Uh, Jacob gave us his uh, scoreline prediction in, in our in our group text. He says three three. Uh, Earl, what's your prediction for Saturday? So. We might lose fans on this one. We might not. We might gain some Phoenix fans. Um, unfortunately, I do have to say 3-2 Phoenix. Yeah, it, I, I'll be completely honest. Like That was a scoreline I had in my head as well, 3-2 Phoenix. Phoenix is still a very, very talented club. Audrey, Audrey over in the chat, uh, her, her prediction is 1-1 with Nico Brett picking up a goal. Um, 
yeah, you know, Phoenix at home, it's just, it's a tough place to play. It's always a tough matchup. And, and you know, Phoenix is going to be up for this match. Um, I agree there's going to be goals. So, yeah, I, I think 3-2 Phoenix. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I would love to pick up three points. I, I want to be proven wrong. I right. think I think if we walk out of there with a point, it's a good result. Um, I'm actually hoping I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm I'm praying to God that I'm wrong, but I feel like I'm not, and it's going to be a 3-2. I could even say probably 2-1. Either way, it's going to be a one-goal game, United losing, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just the way it is sometimes. And, you know, it's... We obviously, you know, I obviously picked against United a couple times last season, um, just because the way the matchup is gonna is gonna play out, the location, how the how the teams look at the moment, um, you know, the, just what I feel like it is the capabilities of each club. Um, so there you have it, Earl and myself both going three two, Audrey Cortina going one one, Jacob saying three three. Um, so yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us this week um before earl closes out i do want to say keep an eye out for content later this week over on the website and we'll be we'll have our we'll be back next week uh, the open cut preview and also before we get one more thing audrey uh cortina thank you a huge thank you to audrey for hanging out with me after the open cup match doing a recap that again that did go up over the weekend over on our podcast feed so be sure to check that out audrey will be coming back uh, and doing some more content with us, some more things um, throughout the season. So uh, with all of that being said, Earl, get us out of here. Well, I'll obviously try to do my best. I'm definitely not Jacob. Uh, my forehead's a lot smaller than that. Um, <laughs> well, that's that, That's all we have for this week, guys. Until um, next week, Somos Mios. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.